I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. I was so good at sweeping things under the rug. I could take any bad thing that had happened and just make it disappear. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever experienced this? Maybe you've heard the phrase before, you know, sweeping things under the rug and don't really know what it's talking about. I'm going to explain that right here and give you personal examples from my world. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Before we dive in, I am super excited to tell you that our next round of group coaching sessions begins in June. Registration is now open as of today. For this round, I will be offering Tuesday mornings and Saturday mornings. These groups only take 10 people, so do not hesitate. They absolutely fill up quickly. Now, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I really am no good at selling myself or any work that I do. I don't market myself well. I just don't like to do it. However, I do want to share something with you about these groups. After completing one round of group coaching with me on Sunday afternoons, 100% of these members signed up for a second round. That's the power of group coaching. We have continued this journey together and explored things so much further. The power of connecting with a group of others who are on the same journey, it's mind-blowing. You simply have to experience it for yourself. It is life-changing. For more information on the group sessions, visit www.covertnarcissism.com. If you have any issues getting information, you can send me an email Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at covertnarcissism.com. That's my main email address. I do have a second email address that does not have the word narcissism in it for those who are still living in an abusive situation and aren't free, you know, to that puts you at too much risk to get that word narcissism in an email. And that email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at C-N-G, Covert Narcissism Group, C-N-G, lifecoaching.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now back to my muck sweeping broom. I recently realized that the broom that I use the most actually has a title. And here's what I mean. Sweeping things under the rug refers to all the times that we make excuses for someone's bad behavior. We don't hold them accountable for what they've actually said or done. And we push it aside and we just move on. You know, we'd We'd rather not inconvenience them. We'd rather inconvenience ourselves or, you know, we'd rather um, just push it under and not talk about it ever again. Some people refer to this as forgive and forget. 
we just kind of pretend like it never happened. We convince ourselves maybe that this person didn't mean it or they were having a bad day or any other excuse that we can come up with. Well, my broom that I recently kind of put a title to was all marriages have problems. I could magically erase any bad behavior with this broom, but all marriages have problems whoosh, under the rug it went, swept it right away as though it never happened, covering this bad behavior for this person so that, you know, they don't have any consequences, so they don't feel bad, so they're not inconvenienced, even though they're the ones creating the problem. I'm going to give you some specific situations and then actually talk about the different brooms we use so you can explore what you're doing. So in one time he teased me in front of our church friends, you know, it was a group of friends that we'd had for quite a while. And he teased me calling me his little worrier because I had asked him about some cords that were bunched together behind his desk. I simply had asked him, is this a fire hazard? These cords were all bunched up and not organized or not, you know, tied off together, nothing like that. And you hear that this creates a fire hazard. And so I asked him about it. Well, he told me, no, that's that it's, he kind of looked at it and said, no, it's not a problem. And so I moved on. Well, now he thought it was the funniest and cutest thing that he had to comfort his little worrier, his little worried girl, and made fun of me in front of our friends. I did not like how this made me feel. But I swept it under the rug. I wasn't willing to confront him on it because, you know, maybe I didn't like the tension of conflict or, or I was, you know, just worried that it would hurt his feelings if I brought it up. And, you know, all marriages have problems. And so I swept it under the rug. Continuing with these same friends, he told a story that I had turned the air conditioning on when it was 30 degrees outside in the middle in the middle of the winter because I was so hot during my pregnancy. He played the victim role like it was just such this horrible thing. Poor me, you know, that I suffered through her pregnancy. Well, I objected to the story. I never asked him to turn on the air, or I never turned on the air conditioning when it was 30 degrees outside. I didn't even think the air conditioning would come on if it was 30 degrees outside. But he played it off, you know, when I objected then in front of the friends, he objected, he played it off, making me look even more ridiculous. So I just grabbed my broom and swept it under the rug. He makes fun of my mom playing cards, teasing her to the point that it hurts. And I tried to talk to him about it, but he blows it off. I'm just joking with her. She can take it. It's no big deal. Well, all marriages have problems. All, you know, all marriages have problems with their in-laws. So I swept it under the rug. When we had been married only about two years, we were at our church Sunday school um, with our Sunday school group on a Sunday morning. And we'd been with this group for about a year. And we actually had some good friendships growing in there. And my husband actually, you know, he liked them too. And it seemed like a good place for us. Well, one Sunday morning in class, they they did this cute little, you know, icebreaker or whatever you want to call it. We were all in a circle with our chairs and there were like 30 or 40 people. And it was for the purpose of getting to know each other a little bit better and also to share some appreciation with each other. And it started with one person holding the toilet paper and they held the free end of the toilet paper while they threw the toilet paper across the circle to someone else. Whoever they threw the toilet paper to, they had then had to say something that they really appreciated about that person. And so they did, this game got started. And now as the toilet paper went back and forth throughout the whole circle, you know, a web of toilet paper is now kind of dominating the room. Well, the toilet paper went back and forth. And as this flew around to 30 or 40 people, no one was throwing it to my husband. 
And I could tell he was getting agitated and offended by this. And no one's actually throwing it to him. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, somebody please throw it to my husband. Now, how ridiculous is this? My mind becomes actually quite consumed. My heart is starting to race. So I was getting a pit in my stomach. We'd only been married about two years, but I already knew the power of his anger and agitation. And I was getting very nervous about this, thinking somebody throw the toilet paper to my husband, please. And we're down to just a couple of people left. And finally, someone threw it to him. I'm thinking, oh, thank goodness. And they said that they appreciated that he always seemed to know a bunch of stuff about whatever topic was being discussed. Well, looking back now, I actually see the humor in that. Yes, he did know a bunch of knowledge about like trivia and he would brag about it. Like he would just, you know, like how smart he was about things and, oh, I know something about that. And he always seemed to have something to add to the conversation. But I could feel his frustration beside him. And normally after this, we would head into the church service, but he didn't want to go. I want to go outside. So we went outside and we walked around for a little while, but in total silence, I could feel the power of his anger. And I just knew, I knew he was mad, but he's not going to break this silence. And I am incredibly uncomfortable. And so I finally, I said, Hey, you know, you okay? No, he said, it really hurt my feelings that no one would throw the toilet paper to me. And I realize now how funny that sounds, but that's what he said. No one would throw the toilet paper to me. And that really hurt my feelings. You know, I can't believe that they don't appreciate me more than that. And the only good thing they can say about me is that I know a bunch of stuff. And he was upset. And then he just, he said, I don't even want to be here. Let's just go home. So the morning was shot and we went home. I swept it under the rug. I just pushed it under. I'm never going to talk about that again. You know, this is not, all marriages have problems. You know, he just, he's having a bad day. That was another broom I could sweep very aggressively. Little did I know that this is how the rest of our married life would be. One day, our son, he was about six years old and, and his dad was fussing at him. I don't even remember what he was in trouble for. You know, he's, he's a kid and, and it happens. And, and our husband, my, my husband was fussing at him and he was demanding, you know, asking very demanding questions to our son and expecting our son to be able to answer them. But he offered no sensitivity or gentleness, no emotional safety to our son. And like anyone else would be with these demanding questions, our son was guarded with nervousness and like he was trying to figure out you know, the right words to say to answer these questions. And, but I could not believe what my husband said to him. He said to him, now I know you're just sitting there trying to figure out what to say to get me to shut up. What? I was horrified. Is this what he really thinks about his interactions with our son? And is it limited to our son? Does he think this about other people? Is that what's going on in his head? Is maybe that's what he's doing is when he's talking to people, is he trying to figure out what to say to get people to shut up? You know, it does feel that way. Sometimes I can be talking to him about my thoughts, wanting to express how I feel or just trying to connect with my husband and he'll go, okay, I got it in a real sharp tone. Well, who wants to talk to that? And so it does, it makes you shut up. It makes you just shut down. And with my son, you know, it definitely shut him down again and again. He repeatedly shut the boys down throughout their childhood. And then he wondered why they would never talk to him. He never gave them a safe environment for talking 
and sharing. But I could push it under the rug while all marriages have problems and off my broom went. He continuously fussed at our older son about anything regarding his younger brother. If the boys were out playing and his younger brother got upset about anything, you know, and he's, again, he's a kid. Kids get upset. But anything, doesn't matter what. And their dad could not stay out of it and just let them work it out. He often got involved and came down hard on our oldest son. He told him repeatedly that he was a bad brother and constantly took the life right out of our son. But my broom, when it came to our boys, was, well, a lot of moms think that their husbands are too hard on the kids. A lot of moms go through that and they think the dads are too hard on their kids. I know that's common. So that broom was really busy too. I just sweep it under the rug again and again. You know, they talked to him during a football game and he would blow up at them. He'd, I'd sweep it under the rug. Even if they were talking to him, which, you know, a lot of parents would be grateful that their children want to talk to them. He'd, he'd blow up and I'd sweep. They twitched with something while he was talking to them. You know, they just would twitch, twitch with a paper clip, twitch with a rubber band, whatever. He'd blow up at them. The boys could be happily playing, but my husband could find something to fuss at them about. You're too loud. Your feet are too heavy on the floor. You talk with too much energy or you talk too much. You don't listen or you should be more productive with your time. You dominate the house on and on. And when he overreacted with a dispute between about a dispute between the brothers, I pulled out yet another broom. This one was, well, he was, a, he was an only child. He just doesn't understand sibling relationships. He doesn't get it. And so I'd sweep it under the rug. There have been many days when I would come home, you know, and I hadn't seen him all day or talked to him all day. And when I would get home, if I got home after him, like he, he'd already beat me home, but I had an engagement or something that, and then I would get home. I would come in and I would greet him, you know, Hey, how's your day been? And his greeting would be, well, good night. What? He had been in the room for about one or two minutes and he's going to tell me good night and head upstairs. He can't even stick around and just have a normal conversation for a few minutes. And yet he'd go upstairs and he might actually be up for another hour playing games on his phone. I'd go up, you know, to go to the bathroom or change clothes. And there he is just laying on the bed or on the bathroom floor or whatever, playing on his phone or whatever device he had this for an hour. But he can't talk to me for a few minutes. This stung over and over. Clearly he had time to play his games, but he didn't have time to interact with me or with our boys. This broom was, well, all marriages have problems. And, you know, another broom, I had brooms, my brooms all over the place. A broom was, well, he works hard all day long, so he needs a break. You know what? I did too. But when I came home, I wanted a few minutes to connect with my husband. But he couldn't do that. You know, he, he would yell at the kids when they've done nothing wrong. Well, there goes my broom. You know, 10 years into our marriage, in fact, it was our 10th wedding anniversary, he stormed out of a Taekwondo class, slammed his helmet to the ground and stormed off, a full-grown man. And he's ignoring the attempted kindness from everyone around him that's calling him by name, going, hey, hey, are you okay? And he stormed off. No care, no compassion for anyone else, got in his car and left. This was no different than volleyball games. While we were engaged, he would storm out of the volleyball games at the church and just you know, storm off, like, because he was so mad that they couldn't keep the score right, or the ball was in, or the ball was out. And what did I do? I swept it under the rug for years. 
You know, he tells me how bad I am because I asked him to pick his clothes up off the floor. There goes the broom. He disappears from family life night after night. Sweep, 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 off I go. And after disappearing so many times, he blames me for the lack of relationship. Okay, that broom got heavier, but it still worked. What other brooms did I use? He had a bad childhood. His dad abused him. These brooms go a long ways. I don't even have names for all the brooms that I used. I just grabbed one and started sweeping. The pile under my rug was massive. It was no small pile of dirt. It wasn't even a mound. It was a mountain. It was gigantic, and it was completely in the way of the any potential of a healthy relationship. He opened his mouth, and I already had my broom in my hand. You know, the words falling out of his mouth, and I was sweeping them away. Got to keep the peace. Got to keep the peace. One broom that came into play through all of this was, I'm strong enough to do this. I can fix anything. I can survive this marriage. I got this. I, you know, I didn't need to worry about my needs. I inconvenienced myself over and over. I don't mind. It's okay. Which always brought me back to my initial broom. All marriages have issues, so it wouldn't be different anywhere else. I can do this. However, I'm going to tell you today that not all marriages are built like this. Not all partners slam their helmets to the ground and storm off. Not all partners belittle their kids and make them feel worthless. Not all partners ridicule you in front of others and don't give any care to your feelings when you try to talk to them about it. Not all partners treat their pets with contempt and aggression. Not all marriages have these kind of issues. All marriages have some, but not like this. I've said it before and I'll say it here. Yes, it takes two to make a marriage work but it only takes one to destroy it. So what are the brooms? What brooms are you using? You know, other brooms I had, I kind of mentioned already, he had a bad childhood. You know what? So did a lot of other people, but not all of them are verbally and emotionally abusing their families and loved ones. Some of them are actually very genuine people and quite compassionate. How about that broom? You know, I'm strong enough to do this. I'm not so sure anymore. This marriage was killing me. I was paying for it mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically. I don't know that I would have survived it. My own health was starting to pay a price. The amount of tension that builds inside your body when you are a daily target of a covert narcissist is enormous and incredibly damaging. And you know, even if I am strong enough, is this really my goal in a marriage? To survive because I'm strong enough? I don't think so. I fully recognize that in any marriage, we will not be happy all the time. But I do believe that we can be peaceful, mutually respectful, and emotionally safe to each other. I do believe that a marriage can be centered around peaceful cooperation rather than trauma bonding. So what brooms are you using? What excuses do you have? Write them down. Make your list. And then start figuring out why that broom doesn't make any sense. You know, like I said, he had a bad childhood, but so did a lot of other people. He worked a hard day today. So did I. You know, these are not excuses that we should be using. But when you're with a covert narcissist, it's easier to accept the excuses sometimes than to actually hold them accountable for their actions. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. Oh, 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 oh,